Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to talk this morning on the theme, dreamers. Dreamers. Amen. I'm not somebody that in my walk with God, I know there are people that every, every night they go to bed, God shows up in a dream and gives them direction. That doesn't happen for me. Usually if I've had a dream, it's because I ate too much before I went to bed and the dream meant nothing. Absolutely. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You've had those dreams and you knew it wasn't from God because the dream made no sense, right? You got chased by people and you pulled out your gun and you started shooting and the bullet just fell down like water. You're thinking, what's wrong with this dream? But one time in my life, there's one in my... I'm 46 years old, and there's been one dream that I know was of God when I wasn't even a, a, a living Christian or a practicing Christian, brought up in a Pentecostal home. But I know God spoke to me clearly, and it's only happened once, and it's come to pass, just like I dreamt that night. And I know that was of God, and I've shared that over the years. This isn't my first trip here. I've been blessed to be part of this congregation throughout the years. And it's good to see familiar faces here today. And I'm not going to start greeting everybody individually because I will forget somebody. But I do have my in-laws here today, my puppy in-laws. That's as good as it gets. So. <laughs> yeah, she got it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I want us to turn to Genesis chapter 37. Puppy in-laws, eh? <laughs> Just a bit of useless information for you all. A lot of the cafes on the Gold Coast now sell puppy chinos. So when you go to their cafe, you take your dog for a walk. Nothing to do with the sermon this morning, but bless God anyhow. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers or brethren, and they hated him yet the more. They didn't like Joseph before God gave him dreams. <laughs> they, didn't, they hated him more later on after the dreams. He said to them, here, I pray you, the dream which I have dreamed. God gave him a dream. His brothers hated him, hated him, but yet he still had the confidence to share his dreams on two occasions. In verse 10, he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is the dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and, my, and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brothers or brethren envied him. But his father observed the same. And I want us to turn, if we can, to Psalms chapter 37. Psalms 37 verse 4. And it says these beautiful words. I love this. Actually, when you read the first seven verses of Psalms 34, you have a progression. I've shared this before. Uh, from starting off, uh, don't threat. Trust in the Lord, commit yourself, rest in the Lord. But I want to focus on this one here in verse 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give, you, give thee the desires of your heart. Father, have your way this morning. What a beautiful anointing of your spirit that we have here today, Lord God. We pray, continue to minister through your word. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, a dream in the context of this morning's message is synonymous with our desires which lead to purpose. The question for us today is, what are we dreaming? Or, or have our dreams become nightmares? You see, this is to provoke us to know 
Are we living out our own dreams and desires which can easily become nightmares when they don't come the way we'd like them to? Or when we fail at each moment? Or have we connected today? And I know I'm talking to visitors, believers, those that are here for the first time, praying that you come back again. But I want us to understand this morning that God has a plan for your life. He has a desire that he wants to birth within you so that his desires become your desires. The life that I'm living right now, the call of God over the Kautabiano household, was never my desire. Let me tell you right now, as a new Christian, when I first came into this, I was raised in this, but when I made my mistakes and came back to the Lord, I had one desire, just to come into the presence of God and to feel his glory. That was enough for me. If he never used me, I was just glad to be saved. I was just glad to know that I wasn't addicted to anything. I was just glad to know that I didn't have to drink out of a bottle to get my kicks anymore. I came and found peace in the presence of God, and that was enough for me. A broken life restored. But my God has a desire for my life. And that's the life that I'm living today. And I've got to be honest with you, it's much better than what I had in mind. And God has a desire for your life today. Now, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I don't come here every week. I come here quite often on a yearly basis, <laughs> birthdays and weddings. But I know one thing. I don't know you. I don't know everybody here. There are faces I haven't seen before. And you probably think, what is this crazy, crazy preacher trying to say? I'm trying to say the truth. God has a plan for your life. But preacher, you don't know where I'm at. No, you don't know where I started from either. But I know this one thing. When he gets a hold... What he begins, he completes. Amen. What he starts, he finishes. He takes the mess, like the old song, and he makes something good and something beautiful out of our lives. Amen. And I'm here believing today that God's got something greater for your life. And all it requires is for you to say, Lord, I'm coming to surrender myself to you. I don't know it all. I've got a lot of questions. But if this preacher's got something that's for me today, I want to know you. I want this nightmare to end, and I want to live your desire and plan for my life. Because he's got something bigger for you. To the regular saints that show up every Sunday, (laughs) that are faithful, I want to remind us, so often our walk, our Christian faith becomes mechanical, monotonous. We just run through the motions. We know what to say. We walk into the building. God bless you. How are you? Great. Even when you're not really feeling blessed and it's not really great, we know how to run from the motions. We speak that Pentecostalism. It's a new language. We know how to speak when you've been around long enough. But I want to tell you, your Christian walk was never meant to be a routine that comes dry and boring. There's an old song we used to sing, living for Jesus is the best life of all. And it really is when you get to taste and see of his goodness today. So I want to ask this congregation, this church service this morning, and every person that understands me, what are you dreaming for? What are you dreaming for today? To the saved, what are you living for? Just to come to church and have a comfortable life? Well, that's all good, but God's got a greater plan and a purpose for your life. But he ain't going to violate your will to get you there. I said he's not going to force you to do anything. He'll simply give you the option of choosing his will or missing out on the blessings that he has for you. And I don't want to miss out. You see, we started off by reading one of those scriptures there in Psalms. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
This does not mean God is going to give his believers whatever they want. He's going to change their minds as to what they want. Right? Because when I was a young teenager and I came into Pentecost, if somebody told me God will give you whatever you want, there would be a Ferrari in the parking lot next Sunday morning with my name on it. And it'd be a red one because they go faster apparently if they're red, right? But instead of me getting all greedy and thinking that God's my ATM and I can get whatever I want out of him, I came to a place where I didn't want goods. I wanted God to create something different in me so that I would desire the things that he would desire for me to have. You see, this isn't a wish list. This isn't a wish list. Some of the things that you wanted, especially as a new Christian, if God gave them to you, they would have destroyed you. I didn't grow up in a household full of money. I didn't grow up with a uh, highly educated family. I didn't grow up with the best type of work. I worked in warehouses for many years and worked my way up by the grace of God. God never gave me what, we, what I wanted in my own flesh or in my own ways, but he changed my life to desire what he wanted for my life. And I'm going to be really honest with you, friends. There are no complaints. He never shortchanged me. He always gave me more, exceedingly, abundantly above all I could ask or even think. Praise God. And the Bible sh- uh, clearly shows us that God will never give you what you want because what you want many times will destroy you. Samson wanted Delilah. Why, why, why Delilah? I won't be singing. Amen. Delilah wasn't good for him, but he wanted Delilah. I'm so glad what God gives us is the best. We're living in a world, let's be really honest today. We're living in a world today where the prosperity teachings that's gone through many Pentecostal and charismatic churches is very false. Many have preached that the reflection of your spirituality is based upon what goods you have and how big your bank account is. If that was the case, that would make me a very bad Christian. Actually, if that was the case, the Apostle Paul would have had to have been a very, very bad Christian. As I study these great men and women of God, that could not be the case. I've traveled to many countries to minister the gospel. and some of the harshest conditions, I found the most faithful saints. It wasn't gathering about, it wasn't based on what they had. You see, there is a lie in our world today that God wants to give you finances and riches and make you something. That's not true. Amen. If he blesses you, praise God. If you want to be richer, tell him all the time where I come from. If you want to be rich and have a lot of money... Study hard, get a good job, and save hard. And you have something in the bank account, right? (laughs) But the Bible does show us of a lady in Luke. Jesus said these words. He looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than you all. For, For all of these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. This poor little lady that gave her last coin into the, into the treasury, into the offering box, he, she grabbed the heart of Jesus. The others gave much more, but she gave all that she had. Amen. You see, we live in a world today, I know one of our favorite sayings when we come to church is, God bless you. Because we want to be blessed, right? God bless you. But I love what the psalmist says, and I want to read three of my favorite psalms. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord 
at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's a scripture of blessing, but the blessing is coming from me to God. Psalms 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In other words, I'm going to bless him because he's taking good care of me. Psalms 134 and verse 1. Behold, blessed, uh, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. You see, we love him not because of what he does or what he gives us. We love Jesus this morning because he's our savior. We love him for what he has brought us out of. We love him because of the mess that we made that he cleaned up. We love him because we came into his presence broken and he put us back together. We love him today because we came into his presence a mess. Amen. Damaged by this world and bad choices. But he took all of that in love, in mercy and in grace. And he made something beautiful when he transformed and he changed us. And I want to tell you, friends, God is still in the restoration business. God is still in the transforming business. God's still looking for broken pieces to put back together. And if he did it before, I believe he'll do it again. Bless God. This is where scripture is fulfilled. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I believe in this morning's service, God wants us to dream the things of God. The things that we saw that were impossible because of knowing who we are. But yet when God gets a hold of you, he will change you. Amen. And give you the power to live out his dream for your life. You see, when we get this right, his dreams become our reality. Amen. You see, when you delight yourself in the Lord, it's not dictated by your circumstances, but by his goodness. When you delight yourself in the Lord, it's not dictated upon how good your life is and how comfortable everything around you is. But when you get surrounded by the presence of God, amen, it doesn't really matter where you're at, amen. He is the answer to all your needs, amen. Your desires, as I said before, become God's desires for your life. Hear me, I'm going somewhere with this message this morning. You see, Joseph lived out God's dream. And not his own. Our early scripture talked about a young boy by the name of Joseph. That God gave him two dreams. His brothers hated him because he was favoritized. And he had the audacity to tell everybody about these dreams. That they clearly could interpret themselves. It sounded like Joseph. You're telling us that God's speaking to you. That we're going to bow to you. You arrogant little brat. They envied him. And they hated him. Because of his dreams. But what you've got to understand today, these weren't Joseph's dreams because he ate pizza the night before. <laughs> these were the dreams that God had for Joseph because Joseph had time in the presence of God. And although the rest of them around him didn't understand what God was doing in Joseph's life, it didn't really matter if people understood what God was doing in Joseph's life. What mattered was God had a dream and a purpose for Joseph. And if God places that into somebody's life, it happens. It comes to pass. And nothing can stop that. You see, the Bible tells us because of these dreams that God gave Joseph, he was hated. Because of these dreams that Joseph was given, his brothers envied him. And because of the dreamer that he was, they persecuted him and they threw him into a pit. 
But when he expressed or showed them what God was doing and how God had spoken to him through these two dreams, even though Jacob, his father, was annoyed and skeptical of it, the Bible also says that Jacob, he took note of these dreams. Perhaps God is doing something in Joseph's life. Amen? You see, the dreams that God gave to Joseph didn't just bless Joseph, but it blessed those that hated him, envied him, and persecuted him. But he lived the dreams that God had given him. Those that opposed Joseph, those that put him into the pit, were the very ones that would later benefit from the fact that God spoke to the one that they were jealous about. And I want to tell you something, when God gives us dreams and God gives us desires and people around us don't understand them, don't get bitter and twisted because they're not supporting you. But understand, God can use you to bless and change them. Just be faithful to God. Because Joseph's journey wasn't easy. Joseph, for no, many of us know the story. It was a journey that not many of us would be willing to take. But somebody had to go that pathway, otherwise his family would have never been saved. They would have starved in a famine. Amen. Even in his prison, God would use Joseph the dreamer to help others fulfill their dreams. The butler and the baker. For one of them, I suppose he wished his dream never came to pass when his head was cut off. But the butler was glad. I mean, how do you feel? God's using me to interpret your dream, but my dream became a nightmare. Just keep delighting yourself in the Lord. If he put that dream in your heart, friend, it might be a season, go through the season. There might be a mountain, there might be a giant, but he's still moving and he's still proving. As we heard in the song, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Amen? That, that was not my next part of the song, no. Right? I was telling him I want to help sing with them, but they wouldn't let me. I don't know why. But you see, there are things that would oppose. There are things that would get in the way. But when God births something in your spirit this morning, I want to tell you, friend, it shall come to pass. Amen. I'll keep on going. Hold on to the dreams. Hold on to the desires that God puts in your life. I've shared this before. I was a backslidden teenager, 18 years old. I had a literal dream. I came home drunk, wasted, yet again. And God gave me a dream that one day he would use me to preach his word. And in that dream, he clearly showed me my wife today. I woke up still drunk, crying in the presence of God. This had been going on for about a week, but this was a, the only dream I've ever had that actually was from God. I didn't stalk Annette for the next six months trying to get her to hear the dream that God... I didn't tell her that at all because I thought it was the most craziest dream that I'd ever had in my life. I literally stood up, and I've shared this to some of you before. I stood up there in my bedroom, very drunk. It was about four or five in the morning. I had a big night. And I remember crying... And speaking to my, in my bedroom, pointing to the direction of where I thought the church was. I think that's where it was. I mean, I was still a bit, how are you going? And I remember saying, God, leave me alone. There are good people in that church. Why are you, why are you trying to speak to me? I could never be that person. You see, I was living a nightmare. And in my nightmare, I was trying to fuel the, the, the nightmare by drinking a lot and a lot more. But God spoke to me in the middle of my nightmare and gave me a dream. Well, did it come to pass? Well, I'm preaching to you right now. My wife just sang. Amen. Because when God does it, it comes to pass. Amen. 
God will use anything and everything to make his will fulfilled in your life. You might not believe it. You might not see past this morning's service. You might be in a real bad way right now thinking, how will I ever get out of this mess? What is this preacher talking about? He knows nothing about me. And everything you said there is true. But God knows you. He saw you getting dressed this morning, putting on your socks and your shoes. And he knew you'd be in the house of God. And he showed up before you got here. Because your nightmare is going to become God's dream for your life. If you'll just allow him to. I've seen broken marriages restored that you would have thought would never get restored. Were destined for divorce. He was rotten. She was rotten. But God stepped in and a nightmare became a testimony to the glory of God. I've seen backslidden sons walk away and come back when they thought there was no way. Because when you thought there was no way, God was moving on the other side. And when you thought, my goodness, he stinks like alcohol, she stinks like cigarettes. And God says, yep, but I'm still speaking. I'm still grabbing a hold of them. Amen. Amen. Some of you parents know what I'm talking about. You lived your nightmare and now your dream sits here in the house of God with you. And we rejoice in the God of our salvation. Amen. You need to understand. Joseph's brothers didn't lift him out of the pit. Go do some research there and sell him. The Bible says that the Midianites, they lifted Joseph out of the pit and they sold him as a slave. It was all part of the dream and it was all part of the process. It was the Egyptians that released Joseph out of prison and not Potiphar who unfortunately falsely accused him of something that he never did. But again, it was all part of the process because God birthed a dream into a man. That when God does it, it always happens. Amen. From a pit to the prison. But it was God that elevated Joseph, not Pharaoh. It was the will of God and the favor of God that elevated Joseph to fulfill his destiny. So that the dream that he had became a reality. When his brothers came from where they were, Canaan land, into Egypt. And they bowed down before Joseph. And the Lord ticked the box. The dream is complete. But they also, they also were saved and they thought, what's going on? But God would use his dream that had a process to save the family. Are you hearing me today? Again, I'll say that. What is your dream today? I'm not talking about in this secular world. I'm not talking about your career. Get a good education. Get a good job. Praise the Lord. But I'm talking about what is it that God's uh, prompting you? Where is it that God's speaking to you this morning? Are there dreamers in the house of God today? Are there dreamers in the house of God today? I'm going somewhere. I'm coming. You've all heard of Martin Luther King Jr., no doubt, and that famous speech, I Have a Dream. August 28, 1963, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, again, Martin Luther King Jr., a Baptist preacher, a fighter for equality, justice, and freedom, he gave probably one of the most famous speeches that the world's ever heard, right? It's up there for the top five, I believe. But on that day, as he had his notes printed or written out, as he spoke to the 250,000 people that came for that special day, I mean, you go into history photos and look what happened. It was packed. There was over 250,000 people. And as Dr. King was giving his speech, 
one of the, the black gospel greats, Mahalia Jackson, she cried out to him in the middle of his speech and she said to him, tell them your dream. Tell them your dream. He's prepared a speech. I mean, she shared this before, but that wasn't part of what he was supposed to do. He was there to share this great long speech about equality and justice and fairness. So instead of continuing his speech, this Baptist preacher did exactly what he felt called to do, and that was to preach. Moving millions over many generations with his passion and dream that he shared to not only 250,000 people that day, but it's still being heard to our current generation right now. I want to read to you what he said, because he didn't plan on this on that day. But when Mahalia Jackson said, tell them your dream, the preacher stopped giving a speech and began to preach to them exactly what was burning in his heart. He said, I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. He says, I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious, racist, and with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, that one day, right down in Alabama, little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. He repeated, I have a dream. He says, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places shall be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Martin Luther King not long later was assassinated and his life was over but his dream lived on and affected millions not just in the United States with their system that they had at that time but the whole world was affected by this man's dream to change the evil of his world and its culture. This morning, your dream might not have the power to move crowds and influence the masses. But through the power of God, God's dream in your life will change your world, your life, and the direction that you are taking today. You see, I never dreamed of being a pastor or being a minister and going around preaching in churches. As I said before, I just wanted to do the will of God. <laughs> Which meant if you have a desire to do the will of God, then you'll fulfill his purpose for your life. I never had a dream to go to the Gold Coast to lead a church. I, I just want to live a simple life. Leave me there in the, you know, behind the scenes. Whatever you need, pastor, let me know. I'm a good laborer. I can do whatever you tell me to do. But see, God had a different direction for my life, one that I could never imagine. But he had a desire. Right now, at the stage of your life and where you're at right now, there are some in this room, you cannot imagine yourself where God wants you to be. But that doesn't 
mean that God hasn't got a plan for your life. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Hey, I've never been to Mars, but I believe it's there. Right? I'll never go to Mars. Amen? Today to the dreamers that are here on this Sunday morning, God is opening up a door for your life so that he can fulfill his plan and his purpose in your life. And it might start with a few shattered pieces of life, disheartened and disappointed by people around you and the mistakes that you made through poor choices. But I'm here to tell you, that's where God works best. In the midst of brokenness, in the midst of shame, in the midst of lives that are helpless and seem hopeless. That's where my God creates his greatest masterpieces. And today, the God, this God that I'm talking about wants to create a masterpiece out of your life. Amen. If you could take this speech today, written by Martin Luther King Jr., and rewrite the words to your dream, what would it say? It might not move, like I said, the masses, but what would it do in your life right now? If you could write up the story of your dream. Amen. As I heard this, Brother David Kent shared Martin Luther King's dream over at our men's camp recently in Canberra. And I took this part because it really, I sat there and I just was just being so ministered to. God was just speaking to me and I, I walked away from that service. And I, I'll be honest with you, I needed a moment by myself where I could just sit down and just daydream in the presence of God. That's a nice place to daydream, in the presence of God. And I begin to think to myself, what are the things that are most important in my life right now? What are the things that I dream about in God, that God's placed within me? <laughs> and I wrote this, and I shared this a couple of weeks ago to our church, because this means so much to me. <laughs> and this is my dream. I have a dream that my family will serve God with me forever. That my two sons, Josiah and Judah, will be the men of God that he's called them to be. I have a dream that the church I pastor on the Gold Coast will grow and that we're going to see our city saved by the power of God. That churches with spiritual authority and truth would rise up all over the East Coast. I've got a dream today that the congregation, this congregation right here this morning, that we will get a hold of the power of God. That it will change us and that it will change our world around us starting within, starting with our families, starting here at the north side, Bassadine and the community in Perth. I'm dreaming today that our young people will continue what God has begun in them and that we will see the hand of God raise up laborers who the world tried to destroy, but God has transformed by his spirit. I've got a dream this morning that every sick person that we lay hands on will be healed in the name of Jesus. That every depressed person who life has tried to destroy would walk into this service, into this church and find peace in Jesus. I have a dream today that every demonic person that's uh, possessed or, or oppressed, that every time I call upon the name of Jesus, that they will be delivered of every demonic activity and be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. 
I have a dream today that every lost person, every lost son, every lost daughter, every lost husband, every lost cousin, every lost relative, family and friend that you're connected to, that somehow one day or one day sooner will come to the realization that Jesus loves them and that through the power of the cross that there is salvation. I have that dream today. Can I be really honest with you today? I love the stories of Azusa Street, but I have a dream I'm a dreamer, friend, and I've got a dream this morning that we will witness one more Holy Ghost revival that will be greater than Azusa Street of 1906, that this world that is so lost, confused, and messed up, that they will get a hold of the power of God. Politicians can't change our society. Uh, Money can't change our world. uh, But there is a revival of Jesus uh, that we, Jesus name apostolics, hold on to today. uh, And I'm dreaming today that people would walk into our services. uh, And before you explain the Holy Ghost, uh, they'll be speaking in tongues. uh, Before you get to Jesus name baptism, they say, Pastor, I don't know what to do, but I feel I need to be baptized today. I've got a dream today that the devil's reigned long enough in our world. I have a dream today in the 21st century that we apostolic Pentecostals would rise up and recognize that the the dreams that we have come from God. And if God will birth a dream in your spirit this morning, I want to tell you, friend, you can be confident of this very thing, that my God that has birthed a dream in your heart, he shall perform it. How many preachers this morning have gotten quiet because life has hit you too hard and now you're happy to sit back and say, you know what, God's raising up another generation. No, friend, he hasn't finished with you. He's got a calling over your life still. It might be stagnant right now, but God is not stagnant. He's trying to shake you up one more time today to say, hey, uh, I've put a desire and it's time for you to connect to desires that God has placed in you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, some of my dreams right now are not a reality. Some of my dreams today, a couple of phone calls make them nightmares. But I know if I just keep reaching out to my God, that I can be confident. If I just keep trusting in God, I don't walk by what I can see, but I walk by faith. I constantly remind myself, you know, I've shared this. My mom used to pray for me at every Monday's prayer meeting. And all she got to go by to, to uh, validate her prayers was me coming and smelling like alcohol and cigarettes. That's all she got. She would pray religiously every Monday for her son. And all she got to see and smell was when she'd walked into my room, it smelled like a pub. And I was a mess. And that's, but somehow she kept praying. And nearly every face, I don't know you all, but I'm sure there are a lot of faces in this building. Brother Miles, you know what I'm talking about, Sister Sheila. That you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, and you came home to a nightmare. Yeah. But you kept praying. And you kept believing. Because you knew the God that gave you a dream and a desire kept saying, just don't give up. How can you tell me, Lord, not to give up? Don't you see what I see? Yes, the Lord sees what you see. But the truth is, we don't see what God sees. And some days I wish that God would just put us back to sleep and just share that dream in your mind and in your spirit over and over again. Because when you think it's over and it's final, God's still at work. Oh, thank God he's still at work. Thank God he hasn't given up. He spoke a word and when God speaks, it comes into existence and it happens. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I come here, I come here uh, most years 
I look around, I'm not going to single anybody out and embarrass anybody. But I see miracles sitting in the congregation today. We've lifted up some of your names in our own private times of prayer. We've called upon God and it seemed like, Lord, are you hearing me? But I've come through as we just heard. Why don't you come again this morning, sis? Sis, Annette, honey, wife. I want us to have that. I want us to play that song today, because some of you, your your nightmare is this mountain that's in your face, and you just can't remove it. You place yourself there by making bad choices. You got yourself into a bad situation, and you probably don't even realize or know exactly what this preacher's talking about. But I want to tell you today, God wants to take your nightmare and He wants to rip it out of your life and fill His dreams in your spirit. He wants to take your brokenness, your mess. And he wants to bring restoration into a relationship with him that you probably couldn't have imagined. But if you would allow him, you are a testimony in progress. I'm not just preaching to new Christians, young saints. I want to preach to some of us, our older ones too today. Uh, listen, I, Pastor and myself didn't sit there and have a gossip session about what's going on in church. As far as I know, this is the greatest church in the world, right? But I want to tell somebody today that you know there's a calling over your life, but you left it for somebody else. God has not finished with you yet. You haven't preached your last sermon. You haven't sung your last song. You haven't done your last Bible study. You haven't invited your last visitor. God's still got a purpose and a plan in your life. Oh, but preach, you don't know how many times I've messed up. No, I don't. But I know how many times I've messed up. And I'm still here today. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand this morning? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Is there a dreamer in the house today? Is there a dreamer in the house today that you don't know what to do from this point onwards? But you're sitting, you know what, Lord, I just want to delight myself in you. I just want to enjoy day by day. Just another walk with you, another day with you, Jesus. I'm just going to enjoy it. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm going to keep enjoying my walk, Lord God. If there are dreams that seem dormant in my heart today, Lord, well, if you've put them there, Lord, I'm open for you to allow them to come to pass. Yes, Joseph, you went through a prison and you went through a pit. But God had his way. And this morning, can I simply tell somebody, he wants to have his way. If you would simply say, Jesus, here I am. Here I am. Have your way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He cut up.